Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hi, this is Herbert Ten Haven from the Netherlands of the company Pfizer, and you're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast. Today's safety tip is always to assume for the worst. Anything can happen. How does your robot deal with it? With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking, with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. How do you create warehouse superheroes? The answer is simple, with visual voice scan solutions from ProCensus. With record demand and labor shortages, warehouses need more effective workers and lightning fast onboarding. Visual voice scan solutions from ProCensus enable warehouse workers to achieve superhero performance with up to 20% improved productivity and up to 99% accuracy. Hands-free barcode scanners from ProGlove paired with wearable mobile computers is just the beginning. Improved mobile interfaces with reduced keystrokes, easy to read screens, custom keyboards, voice-enabled interface, and more can be realized with ease on the leading WMS platforms. Sound too good to be true? Let us show you with our one-of-a-kind virtual demo. Visit ProCensus.com to get started today. Again, that's ProCensus.com to get started. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by Herbert Tarav. He is located over in the Netherlands, and he is the CEO of a company called Pfizer, who is focused on computer vision in the logistics space, primarily helping for uh, robotics companies to be able to utilize their software and create uh, deeper learning and also the computer vision and help us to be able to better identify different products when it comes to processes like order picking and depalletizing and other processes as well. So we're going to talk to Herbert about Pfizer and it's going to talk to us a little bit about computer vision as well and also about you know how Pfizer is helping companies to really evolve in the robotic space and then also how they're tackling some different logistics processes and, and what the real benefit is to utilizing computer vision. So Herbert, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Definitely happy to have you on. Happy to connect from different sides of the world, right? It's good to connect. So you know, tell us a little bit about Pfizer and, and what it is that you guys really do. Yeah, Pfizer was uh, started by a professor, Martijn Wissen, a robotics professor of the TU Delft. So we're a spin-off. 
and started as integrator, but at some point after winning the Amazon and the picking and stowing challenge, we pivoted into a computer vision only company. Okay. Uh, so we've been doing that for the last five years. We successfully grew bootstrapped. Now our company with about 30 people providing one product to enable robots to cope with unknown items and products and to simulate them and also to do stacking, 3D stacking, like playing uh, Tetris in 3D. Oh, okay. All right. Very interesting. And it's interesting. So you guys started from kind of the picking side of the robotics, you sound like, and then then you spun off into, it started maybe like more with hardware, but now you spun off to just the software side. Is Is that correct? Correct. We started as being an integrator, so mm-hmm. we built picking cells, so we supported okay. them. And so we, we, we had a brilliant team, but the, the essence of our solution was a neural network enabling mm-hmm. the robot to see what it needs, needs to see to do the picking. And so we pivoted at that point and say, we want to only do the computer vision. We want to build one product and we want to be only in logistics. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been doing for the last five years. Very interesting. So uh, I'm curious, you know, back at that time when the the pivot was made, I guess, you know, a lot of, I guess a lot of companies have focused on uh, the hardware side of robotics, you know, and building out these robots and things. And obviously you guys chose to go in the the software direction. So, I mean, what was the real, I guess, trigger or maybe market indicator to to decide to go and pursue the the software side versus the, the hardware? Okay. Maybe to to um, generalize it, we believe that a lot of companies can do building a picking cell, doing the integration. So yeah. that's not unique. It's, uh, it, it requires certain knowledge, but at mm-hmm. some point they should be able to do this. But the key thing that is really the enabler of having a robot in a picking cell in logistics is uh, having a neural network mm-hmm. uh, that brings you the information that is needed for safely picking and stacking. And so that was our specialism, and we believed that we could help a lot of companies with that. And so our aim was always to, let's say, be the Google Maps of robotics, mm. be the standard, which was an A, well enough for everybody to say, okay, proven technology, a lot of integrators are using it, and I want to use it because it gives me the guarantee it will work for any hardware, etc. Okay, very interesting. I, I like that the Google Maps uh, for robotics right? that's, that's very good. So now, uh, tell us a little bit about. I'm curious because you mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, what does uh, Pfizer mean? It means scope. It's a Dutch word, a Dutch and mm. German word. Uh, scope of a let's say of a rifle. So we look where we need to grasp. So we are, mm. that's where scope, as well as we look in the future. So we are always on the edge with the newest technology, new applications. So our team is all about, uh, if there is something new, somebody found it, the next day they will be talking about it and always applying, trying new things. Mm. Okay, very interesting. I, I like I like that because you guys are working on the vision aspect and, you know, like you said, even in there, then, you know, you're, tar- you're targeting basically the, the item that needs to either be picked up or, or uh, moved or whatever the case may be. So so we're talking about, you know, computer vision here. I mean, that's your, your main focus from Pfizer. And, you know, uh, maybe some people are not, not so familiar with computer vision and how it's involved in the logistics space. Um, and obviously, we want to teach here on the podcast as well. So, so why don't you give us your your breakdown of uh, what, what computer vision is and, and really how it's helping in the robotics space specifically in, in logistics industry. Okay. 
computer vision is used for for uh, I think 15 years or so in uh, in robotics, and mostly it's based on heuristics. So you have a CAD model of an object, and you're looking with with your system to find that CAD model. But that doesn't work in logistics, where the parts are always changing. Just mm. take Amazon, the number of SKUs they have, or do parcel handling uh, like uh, UPS, Federal Express. They've got a lot of parcels. So every, if you drop a bag uh, and you drop it a thousand times in front of the camera, then the robot will see a thousand different bags. But this is the same bag. So in order to 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 teach the robot, you need to teach it to generalize. To mm. you have to do, build a neural network to generalize and to tell the robot this is also a box or this is also a bag and this is where you can grasp it. So that's what we add value. So it's uh, you can see us as us as an extension of the camera. The robot uh, asks us give us grasp locations and all kinds of information which is relevant, mm. and then we will provide that to the robot so the robot can take the move and then go to the next section. Okay, very interesting, and and it, it's certainly something that I think is is a big step for robotics because I think you know a lot, a lot of times before you know the initial concentration for robotics was just kind of moving material from point A to point B, and now to actually to to be able to decipher between different products and understand you know what needs to be picked or, or moved specifically and, and how to grip it as you mentioned too is, is a huge um, advancement as well so you know it takes a lot of the automation to to the next level in a sense of being able to do some things that for a time where you know only humans could do and robotics necessarily couldn't do as well so it's really interesting and, and you mentioned in there the the learning aspect as well so so, so I'm curious, you know, for reference, when computer vision comes into play and when we start to bring in these robots that are utilizing the computer vision into our warehouse, you know, how, how long does it take for the robot and the computer vision to actually learn the product and, and understand those things that you mentioned, like the, the gripping points and the grasping points? And, and you mentioned in there, too, I mean, Amazon, you know, constantly evolving with, you know, millions of SKUs, how long does it take for that software to kind of adapt and, and learn these different things? Out of the box. Out it's of the already box. Trained. Okay. Yes. It's, uh, it's, you can compare it with, uh, with a kid, with a mm. toddler. A kid can see a box or a bag and, or a tube and all those sort of items and can pick them. Mm. That's more or less the same thing we train the neural network, to cope with the unknown. Mm. To, to find the best possible grass pose looking at a certain object. So we don't need to train it. It's already trained. So, of course, we have a special neural network for mm. uh, parcels, maybe for boxes or bags specifically if needed, but also for groceries. We do a lot in the micro-fulfillment of groceries. We do a lot in apparel. We do depelletizing or are picking big bags from, from a pallet. Mm. So, but it's already trained out of the box, install it, and it should work. Hmm. Very interesting. I, I'm interested to hear that because I I had talked to I guess some other companies who are utilizing you know machine learning and and those types of things and and it, it takes a while I guess for some of them to to compile the data to be able to understand everything. So so how is it that this is a little different that like out of the box it, it knows right away what to what to do? Yeah, of course we can um, always tweak it a bit and make mm -hmm. it a little bit better. But in principle, it should work. 
so we have many cases. We are actually we are replacing the software of various other players out there. And one was depelletizing big bags of powder, milk powder, whatever. Yeah. And the other player were uh, very proud that they could pick 85% of the of the bags. For us, it's like having a washing machine. You have to restart every minute. It's not a washing <laughs> machine. It's not automated at all. Yeah. So so we. We were able to get it 99.99, whatever percentage. Mm. So very, very robust. And so that, that's what we do. And again, we can we can tweak it a bit and take out weird cases like maybe packaging material, mm. package slip or anything else that could be there, rubbish. But other than that, it should work out of the box immediately. Very interesting, and uh, I love your analogy there to the washing machine that uh, has to be turned on every minute. It's very, pretty funny. So, yeah, so I, I mean, it's very interesting. And obviously, you know, I think for a lot of people to be able to want to adopt this technology and be more comfortable bringing robotics in, you know, working out of the box is a, is a huge key to that, especially for, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, some of the, the larger players in, in the field, um, like you mentioned, Amazon in there and things like that, they have, you know, they have the the money and and the runway to kind of do some you know r and d and and test some things and things like that, but some of the smaller players where you know they're really being kind of hurt by labor shortages and and things of that nature they don't necessarily have that extra uh cushion to be able to to test things like that and and like you said you know have something that's maybe only 85 percent effective versus you know working out of the box and being 100 percent. so so it's great that you're bringing that to the industry and that the technology is is that strong that you're able to use it like that and i think it'll just help increase the the adoptability even more from people in the logistics space so you know we're focused on on the logistics space itself with pfizer which i think is is a good thing i mean i think we see you know so much technology evolving and accelerating in our space as well um, especially as we're seeing such an increase in in demand as things you know move more towards e-commerce and you know especially with the pandemic pushing things in in that way and people not even you know being able to go out to to shop normally but you know one of the things in you know my various conversations over the last three years doing the podcast you know one of the challenges uh, from a robotic standpoint has been the to automate the actual piece picking so you know there's just been certainly robots that can easily grasp a, a carton or a case but then when we get to things that are not so so rigid in a sense and need to be gripped with more of like a hand it, it's been something that people have said has been challenging to kind of come up with a technology that's effective and now what you're saying i mean you know 100 percent out of the box seems like you guys are, are pretty effective but you know, how, how have you guys kind of looked at this challenge and kind of tackled it with the software to be able to now now meet those needs in the industry? Yeah. <clears throat> Peace picking is a, is a wide area. So let us be a little bit more specific. So mostly it's about picking from a tote, let's say 60 by 40 centimeters. Mm. And sometimes there are also dividers. And mostly there is an automated storage and retrieval system bringing the goods that the robot can pick towards the robot. So it's goods to man system, or in this case, goods to robot system. So you're able to control which type of goods should go to the robot. Let's say teddy bear. Mm. It's not likely to, that you have that uh, to a robot to be picked, but all there are items you can, like boxes and bags and stuff, you can be safely enable a robot to pick them if, if the weight is okay and the, the grouper is okay. So the limitation is, like I said, hardly ever on the on the computer vision but mm. it's mostly in the the gripper the end effector 
coping with the variance of, of products, as well as how fast can you accelerate and decelerate and, and make a move without throwing it away. So it's a inertia of, of the, the product and how well it's connected to the to the gripper. Mm. So that's the, the, those are the challenges, much less in the, in, the, in computer vision. Mm. So in, in item picking, we, we do a lot in, in grocery, micro-fulfillment, and we do a lot also in clothing, uh, apparel, which is also hard because it's it's transparent and it's uh, poly bags, so it can also be reflective. And sometimes the, the apparel mm. is only in a corner of the bag, so you need to be smart on that in order to make it robust. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, it's in production, so it runs well, and, and mostly the... Uh, system integrators have a good knowledge of which products will be brought to which robot mm. so they can optimize the cell mm. very interesting and you mentioned in there some packages are like shiny right and so i i saw on the website you have a, a video on there where you kind of one of the highlights in the video is is the ability for it to decipher similar packages of, of the same color so uh, tell us a little bit about why is why is that something to highlight or why has that been maybe difficult in the past and you know something that's you're i guess proud to show off yeah actually it's quite simple you you mm -hmm. should uh, just think of yourself of looking into the camera mm -hmm. and based on what you see in the camera you need to uh, grab something right. if you sh if you Put, you put you have to put light on on an object and if it shines back like a mirror in into the camera you're looking into light so you mm. you cannot distinguish the, the different objects so that's no mostly a, a bit challenging so we have solutions for that if it's closely stacked it looks like one so then if you don't do the segmentation properly then the system will think it is one object but it's actually two and then you can have a double pick or uh, the wrong wrong pick or or no picks at all so that's really a failure so mm. we are very very proud of our system performing the segmentation and preventing the double picks unless it sticks together then you cannot prevent it of course and have to do a check later on mm. at placement okay very interesting it makes total sense i, I was wondering how does that being tackled and, and what's the i guess what was the real challenge there so it, it definitely explains it makes makes a lot of sense so so you've given us a, a lot of information about computer vision today and uh, certainly a learning experience for for myself and, and for some listeners too as well i'm sure so one thing i do want to ask you about before we wrap up here i mean on your website you say uh, that pfizer is the world's best vision software for automation so so i want you to tell us you know how, how have you guys become the world's best and, and you mentioned in there earlier too a little bit about how you have you've been replacing some of these players that are only you know 85 percent effective so tell us a little bit about how you kind of gotten to that point and, and what's really solidifying you in the in the space as the world's best thanks yeah i i actually i leave that up to uh, to uh, our clients to decide on that so uh, <laughs> they give us this name that name so they tell us uh, what they've seen in the market mm. we are very atypical compared to any other competition or com players out there because we grew bootstrapped mm. and to be honest it was tough <laughs> because yeah. the university being a big shareholder told us make money <laughs> make profit <laughs> from day one and that was tough. And so I needed to ask money for everything we did mm -hmm. from clients. So we charged money. And so that means that the client told us exactly what they what they needed, how mm -hmm. it should work. And so in that case, if we if we delivered, we validated our our product. And that's how we grew and that's how we learned. And we didn't do that with just one client, but we did it for 
I think uh, at the early stage already with eight or 10 clients. Mm -hmm. So we work, we were working for 10 different big companies telling us exactly what they need and how it should work. And so that's why, how we learned. And, and so we grew, grew and, and so we, we had a, maybe a slow start because we, we could not directly build the product. We, we were working for the different companies, but since it was all in the same domain, we could gather all, consolidate all their requests and, and make something that was generic to them. That's why I, I, I said that we wanted, wanted to be the Google Maps for robotics. Mm -hmm. And I think we succeeded because we are scaling very fast. Yeah. We don't need to go to a client. Many of our clients we've never seen. So we can all rem <laughs> remote help them to install our software and get into production. And uh, we even have end users, big end users using our software direct without an integrator. Can say, well, we can do it ourselves. So we believe we, we created something that's of great value and robust and it's out there. And we didn't burn that all that a lot of money. So we can really bring value mm. uh, for a decent price. So we believe we want to stay the standard in this, uh, this field. Okay, very interesting, and and it's good to hear. And I think that uh, interesting business lesson in there as well is you know charging the clients like right away, and you know not kind of doing these you know experiments R and D type of situations. And obviously, when you tell someone they have to pay you, they're going to tell you exactly what they need for their service, right? So or for that money in exchange. So so very interesting stuff. And obviously, you know, making a, a big step in and leap and help for the robotics industry in the, in the logistics space as a whole. So we definitely appreciate that. And, and you know, it's very interesting to learn about this. And obviously, you know, diving deeper into computer vision as well, and how these things are kind of going to impact us going forward into the future. So Herbert, I want to thank you for, for joining me today on this show. If people are interested in learning more about Pfizer, how, how can they do that? Just connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, find our website or one of our integrators. We've got a lot of integrators, more than 20 globally, so they use our software so you can help uh, end users. Okay, great. And we'll put all the information at thenewwarehouse.com as well so people can find it easily and learn more about you guys and, and connect with you as well and, and chat you up. So that'll be very good. So Herbert, thank you once again for your time on the show today. been listening to the new warehouse podcast with kevin lawton subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com thank you for listening to this episode if you want more content from the new warehouse check out our new video series called all hands on linkedin just search for the new warehouse on linkedin and follow along.